This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, the business station. Good morning. You're tuned in to The Property Show, our weekly take on all things property-related. And I'm Philip C. It's the last Friday of the month and Cairo Anwar Shaharuddin, lawyer at Cairo Suhaila and Haslina, is our guest for this month's Property Legal Clinic. And today we're going to focus on sinking funds and maintenance fees. A very good morning to you, Cairo. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, glad to be back. <laughs> yes. I know this whole topic of sinking funds and maintenance fees, I'm sure it's caught a lot of uh, controversies and a lot of de- heated debates about. But let's just do a quick 101. Can you perhaps give us a sense, what really is the difference between sinking funds and maintenance fees? Okay. Uh, actually, it's quite easy. When you sign your sale and purchase agreement, uh, what you will see uh, at the back, there's a specific schedule at the back. They will list all your maintenance charges that you have to pay to manage your property the whole time you are living there. Okay, it's, it's more like a recurring fee which might come up between 100 ringgit to maybe might be even thousands of ringgit depending on the common property that you have on your property, the strata property that you are living in. And then if it's a sinking fund, it's more a lesser amount which you are charged usually is a 10% of the whole maintenance fee charges. And it's time that you pay for it is more like very so far ahead than than your maintenance charges. It's not monthly. It's more like as the JMB, uh, Joint Management Body grows, they will might think that they need to raise that amount. This is more for uh, major repairs. But one of the things that I think uh, since we have the Strata Title Act 1985, one of the things that they listed under sinking fund is the painting of the outside of your building. This mm. is more the appearance of your building. Okay. And if there are, say, like cracks in your swimming pool or your playground, if you have a playground in your Strata property where they need to repair the swings, things like that. But it doesn't, uh, of course, the, the the playground is more like a maintenance charges thing, but this is more like a major work that you have to cover. Okay, so one is monthly, one is recurring more less frequently than monthly. There are so many interesting concepts and hybrids and formats. Now you've got Soho, Sovos, all these different forms of mixed commercial residential property formats. I wonder whether that complicates how maintenance fees are calculated going forward. And going forward in the past, we used to do the very classic, you know, fee per square feet uh, formula. Has it changed or evolved significantly where you allow some tiering or different hybrid formats of pricing going forward? Okay. It, it it's actually have always been there, uh, Bill. Uh, it's, it's not as if it's totally new, but the concept is uh, already, I think it's already 10 years or more. Okay, but maybe nowadays people label it just for the sake of sale uh, or selling of the property so people would understand. And as we become a more sophisticated uh, society, we kind of, if I said Soho, people don't need me to, to say it's a small office, home office. And uh, since the we are in the pandemic era where people WFH, so work from home, it become a normal thing to say Soho, okay? Although this term is already there before the pandemic. So people live 
I know people, uh, friends of mine who have studio in their home where they do filming, they do editing, things like that, or even podcast or even which is uh, we might think is a new term of career but it's already been there okay mm. because uh, even BFM say radio is already <laughs> been there since nearly forever so I'm just taking an example so the calculation of how developer charge uh, maintenance fee is more still the same it's about uh, the type of unit the floor size the shed facility that you have access to and shed access point meaning uh, certain condominium or certain strata living high-rise strata living uh, certain people can en- actually only go to certain facility if you are a person who buy a duplex or uh, where it's like a condo in a, in the sky your so your facility might be more and your your lift might service only your your type of property so those pay more than people who are actually sharing a floor to six units or 12 units say like that or even the, those rumah pangsa affordable housing because i know uh, a type of property in kuala lumpur where there are people who uh, a condo sharing the same facility with an apartment which is uh, an affordable housing apartment and they are under the scheme which is currently being sold by the government-related company uh, which sell affordable housing. This so, must be super complicated, right? And yes. the source for <laughs> huge disputes between the the owners and the, the residents because I'm sure there are many formats and a classic example is lift servicing, right? As you said, some condos have, you know, dedicated lifts, some shared substantially. Will residents be able to access the formula and the calculations behind the basis towards these fees how much of that is transparent and available and uh, open for debate and discussion you must remember when when we, we have been talking about it just now which is joint management body or management corporation mm. okay under our strata management act under our strata title act it is now allowed for one particular development to have more than one jmb or one management corporation uh, so you can actually separate because now as i said we have high rise building sharing facility with just a normal bungalow in a, it's a mixed development type and sometimes even commercial uh, type of property they might be high rise uh, like a mall three floor down below and then we have say a high rise of 20 stories on top of it so they have a separate management corporation it's a separate joint management body which manage different part of the of the type of properties so uh, in term of accounting in term of uh, which uh, condominium part is managed by which joint management body or management corporation it can be a sub management corporation of the of the particular building so our strata title act allows it and uh, our strata management act also allows so it so you allow that flexibility and even break break into sub jmbs to drive forward right and to basically offer solutions even within the broader complex that's what you're saying isn't it yes the next question i have is with rising cost of services and inflation going up. In your experience, do you see people tend to have like long-term contracts with inflation adjusted to it where the JMB agrees to a five-year maintenance 
fee kind of escalation going forward or do they have to review, review this every year? When when we talk about strata living, you, uh, I always advise uh, clients uh, of uh, my legal firm, Kairos Velazlina, to look at it as uh, you have to live within your community you must be active, okay? Because because you you referred uh, our cost of living, our inflation, things like that, which is a bit out of our uh, control. So when this happens, you must be active in your... Because joint management body is not uh, an exclusive community association. Actually, it's supposed to help you to, to manage your expectation even uh, when you live in a particular uh, strata property. So it should be something that you manage annually and you have access to it nearly every month by having an open channel with your... The the body is managed by a management. So that particular management is at your ma- uh, management office. So at least know the people who are working there and ask them about the cost of anything, about how much is are you paying the gardener, how much do we need to pay the pool boy, because some people try to actually ignore this thing while living there, while living at the strata property. So uh, when you ask a, a question like that, it's not easy, Phil, when you to, to give you. A, so I think it's a thing that you must get involved in. You must be active in your joint management body itself or management corporation, even if you are just a tenant, because you might not be the person who are paying for the maintenance charges or the sinking fund? It might be your landlord, but you are the one enjoying it. Say you have, uh, you are, you are using a pool there. They, uh, your landlord might factor in the cost of your rent into uh, how much they are paying into maintenance charges and sinking fund. So it's kind of important for you to to be involved. So there's an annual general meeting and even uh, you can call an emergency uh, um, extraordinary general meeting to actually discuss about the cost of all these maintenance charges and sinking fund. Uh, thanks for answering our, all our questions so far on maintenance fees and sinking funds. We have more questions for you though uh, and answers from Cairo after these messages. Stay with us, BFM 89. Welcome back. You're tuned in to The Property Show on The Morning Run. I'm Philip C and I have Kairul Anwar Shaharuddin, lawyer at Kairul Suhaila and Haslina. And he's here with me for the monthly property legal clinic that takes place on the last Friday of the month. And to this month, we are focusing on sinking funds and maintenance fees. Uh, Kairul, what's the process to top up the sinking fund? Actually, there's no real process except for you to, uh, if it's uh, running low, say that you did the painting of the outside of your buildings uh, and then uh, there's a major uh, work to be done, say, at the pool or maybe the pool house. So it's running low. The management need to bring it, the committee uh, or the management need to bring it to the annual general meeting, put in how much they have spent and they might ask through the meeting to approve a certain amount to be paid by all the units and according to how big is their unit or what's the facility they are entitled. Is the formula or allocation quite similar to, you know, how it's calculated for maintenance fees? Yeah. Why are they very different? It's exactly the the same, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes. Okay. So the broader question then is, you know, the point of all this allocation and funds is to offer the right services to its residents, to its tenants. And naturally and inevitably, there will be situations when service providers fail to deliver on what they promise to do. What usually happens, right, when someone fails to deliver and the claim needs to be made? What is the right process, you know, for the JMBs to make claims? Okay, well, first thing that we need to understand, the joint management bodies is not the end all of, of uh, the management of the property. The joint management body is the body that elect a joint management committee uh, of no fewer than three, than no more than 14 people to manage the property. And they also can actually appoint competent property managers, okay, that they think will uh, enhance the property if they want, or at least manage it to the expectation. So if they appoint another, uh, say, a company X to manage it, that company X is, must be given the scope of the work that they should be doing. The Strata Management Act 2013 make it clear that you can challenge the current property management. Uh, you can ask them to uh, anything about the maintenance decision. Then you can view the, JM, the Joint Management Body account. You are entitled to access it. You can vote on what should be be managed. Say that there's a hole in the gate into your strata property which haven't been looked after for the past few months even, if you need. So you bring it up and you apply for review or you even challenge it and you can bring it to the commissioner of buildings. Okay, there's a few tier of uh, people who you can actually complain or bring your issues about anything in the property. You can bring it to the commissioner of buildings. Uh, usually they are the local authority. It can be that there's a department in the, your local authority, say you are in Ampang. So you go to Majlis uh, Pembadaran Ampang or in Talingjaya, Majlis Bandaraya Talingjaya. So you complain about this. And if they don't actually take care of it, you go another level higher, which is your strata tribunal. Okay, mm-hmm. the strata tribunal is anything you want to complain, not just about your JMB or MC. Actually, you can even complain about the noises that made during the during the uh, football season or things like that. The made by your neighbor. We just had a, a good football season, right? So good so, as objective, uh, I like guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's important for you to to understand that the maintenance charges that you pay doesn't just allow you to enjoy certain facilities. It is also about your right to vote during your annual general meeting, during your extraordinary general meeting. And then if you don't pay this maintenance charge also, you might get the the, the JMB or the MC can charge you uh, interest charges. So it's more like, I, I wouldn't say it's like a chicken and egg. Thing, but uh, your maintenance charges give you rights to have not just enjoy your facility, but also to do what is right, what you think is right for you to enjoy those facilities. It, it, it gives you voting right at AGM, EGM, and you might, uh, you nowadays, even if you don't pay your maintenance charge, you can be penalized uh, under a criminal charge because the, that's what yep. the, the Strata Management Act allow now. 
So let's just play a scenario here. Let's say, you know, the the condo I live in has always been reliant on security guards, but they've decided that there's some new technology and I can replace them all with security cameras. That requires more capital investment, but perhaps reduces less operating cost, perhaps a lower maintenance fee going forward. But I might need to use perhaps more sinking fund, correct, to make that capital investment for security cameras going forward. Uh, What is the process to make those kind of decisions? Is that really driven by the JMB and then the residence tenants have to just get very involved and vote for them, is it? No, you you need to go from top and then down. You must pass things like this through the AGM or if if they say that the security is really uh, somebody is already breaking into your condo and you need to need so it might be an EGM extraordinary uh, general meeting so you need to go through that vote on that and then bring it down to the level of JMB or management corporation mm. it's not uh, decided by by the JMB straight away and then endorsed by the AGM. It might be like that in certain high-rise building, or, but it should go up to the level of before the change of, say that suddenly you come back, you found out, oh, there's no gut anymore at my place. I need to key in a certain number to access the leaf, yep. things like that without you. So it's, it's it shouldn't be like that. It should go to the uh, level of the... Uh, May, uh, how uh, the JMB of MC is appointed, which is through AGM or EGM, and then it goes down to the management. Mm, but what about waivers to maintenance fees or even sinking fund charges on the basis that there's an ongoing construction, repair or damage done into certain public areas, which means that you will not be able to enjoy these facilities? You know, What is the process to make a request for a waiver of maintenance fees? Is that such a thing? Is it unheard of? Again, I would say that the AGM and EGM is the utmost important. The open channel of the management, uh, it should go up to the level of the AGM or EGM. Uh, you must remember the word extraordinary general, general meeting. That's important as a level of uh, your neighbours calling uh, uh, community to come together mm. and and discuss an issue that is affecting your community, your building. Because as I said, if you think that your... Because Nowadays, you must see there's so many high-density properties, uh, strata properties, uh, and some of them has seven blocks or nine blocks. I was even uh, involved in where you actually have 15 blocks (laughs) of uh, one particular development. Okay, Mm -hmm. that is a lot. So each each blocks, you consider one block as one building, uh, might even have 200 resident. So even that, if you think that trying to manage 200 residents, which might come up to a thousand people, you you need to look at it as a very difficult task for just leaving it to the management corporation or the JMB to, to not involve you as one particular person who may be the head of the household. So my advice is those who live in strata property, which I had done before, I had done this, I think, for nearly seven years before I actually live where I am now. It You must consider your strata property like a kampong because I currently live in a kampong. And when uh, we as Malaysian, when we say kampong, we have the, the same uh, 
idea of a kampung like just anybody you feel you when i say a kampung to you you might remember your kampung and you know how close your kampung people folks are together so a strata building residents must consider where they live like a kampung too because when i listen to you it really sounds like the essence to all these problems is communication and engagement that there's very much a lack of that happening uh, across the board uh, especially when we go into urban settings isn't it that seems to be the issue why we always have these disputes over sinking funds and maintenance fees there isn't enough engagement upfront or participation from members which is what you're referring to which is the kampung spirit in the past yes yeah i, I that's what because although uh, when you think of a lawyer you think of disputes uh the first thing i always advise my client at, at my cairo uh, soela zina is to think of your of the place that you are because you live there nearly 90% of your time your 24 hours and now when we work from home you need to level up your understanding of where you live so uh, maintenance charges will make you uh, will should actually contribute to your well-being not mm. just some money that you paid to 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 enjoy the pool or the gym at your facility it must be something although you might not use it but uh, if you live in a high rise getting in if uh, to your unit you need to use the lift if you live in a in a where in a landed property within a strata property because now landed strata is a normal thing you need to pass the guide mm. okay the case that where people need to 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 open up their own uh, the the boom gate uh, is actually is the one where it is the the RA is allowed to stop a particular resident getting into their own unit is allowed Uh, because it is the right of your citizen association and the using that analogy even to your to the building dwellers of your strata properties to uh, stop you from coming to your unit wise words there thank you very much kairo that's all the time we have for today's monthly property legal clinic today join us again next month as kairo anwar sharudin lawyer at kairo suhaila and hasina helps us shed light on your legal conundrums send your questions to property at bfm.my or whatsapp us at 018-789-8899. We have the 10 a.m. News Bulletin coming up next, followed by Enterprise, BFM 89.9. The Property Show on BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.